All right, today's daf is Pei Aleph. Page 81. In the Halig of Messiah Zadarim, we're going to pick up from Sholchu Mitam, which is one, two, three, four, five, six. Five lines. Five lines. Five lines to the top. Okay, here we go. Sholchu <coughs> Mitam. They sent some important information from Eretz Yisrael. His Haru Bi'ervuvya. This is Tyra. The Tyra says, from Tzian they said, it says in the Tyra, be careful with your hygiene. His Haru Bi'ervuvya. Be very careful with your hygiene. It's important to take care of your hygiene. Make sure your body remains clean. If your body doesn't remain clean, it impacts your health, and that impacts everything. His haru bechabura. Also, be careful about your chabura, your group. Either it means who you're with, or it means to learn taira with a chabura. Don't learn taira by yourself. You're not sure you're truly going to understand it correctly. It's important to learn as a chabra, as we are now. His haru bebnei be very careful to give specific attention when it comes to Torah to teach the children of the poor. Why is it important that a child that comes from a poor family must be the focus of our, of our teaching Torah? Shemehem because they're the ones who are going to be most successful. And this can mean a poor family financially, and it can mean a poor family mentally as well. It's very, very, very interesting and very, very, very true that often it is the children that are not the A students and have to struggle and strive their way through school and develop an incredible work ethic towards Tyra that end up eventually becoming the greatest teachers and greatest rabbeim. Be very careful to make sure that those who are lacking whether it's in finances, whether it's with their minds, notice, give attention to them because they're the ones who end up being successful. The water flows from those who are dal, those who are impoverished. The Torah, the water will eventually flow from them. The Torah will flow forth. Says the Gemara Viter, Incredible. Why is it that you often find that children of Tamidei Chachamim, they themselves do not necessarily become Tamidei Chachamim? You find, very often, the greatest people don't necessarily have the greatest sons. Now, it doesn't mean their sons aren't great in their own way, but it means they don't reach the level of the parents. It's very rare that you're going to find within a family that... that um, the uh, you know the, the the children necessarily could we'll see how you could right now the Gemara is about to answer but why is it that it's not so common it's not Mitsuyan, it's not so found that children of great tamidei chachamim also become great tamidei chachamim listen to this Amar Biyasef Biyasef says shalayimru taira yerusha hi la'ilam it's important that no family have a right to say that we have an inheritance of Tyre. What does this mean? This is incredible how it's connected to this week's Parsha. Tomorrow, Be'ez we're reading Parsha Shmais. 
And Shifra and Pua, Yechebed and Miriam, they're blessed for saving the boys with the houses, right? The bottom of Kuhuna and Malchus. What about Tyra? What about Tyra? The answer is there is no house of Tyra. And we say this in Hallel. Base Israel, base Halevi, and right, base Israel, Baruch Hashem, base Halevi, Baruch Hashem, and then we say Yirei Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Why don't we say base Yirei Hashem? We don't say base Yirei Hashem. Everything else is a bias. There's a house. Yirei Hashem. There's no bias. There's no house. Why not? Teretz is, because there's no family when it comes to Tyra, all of Klal Yisrael is correct to Tyra equally. And just because you come from family to be the Chom does not mean you're a Tamar Chacham. And therefore, it's not so common that children become the Chom. So you shouldn't think, Tyra is a Yerusha. You got to work for it by yourself. Rav Shisha says, They shouldn't be misguided. They shouldn't like rule over the Tzibor. See, what happens is, if you're going to have specific families that are a lot more successful in Torah, so eventually they become the one. Oh, we're the ones who have all the right psakim. We're the ones who are going to teach everybody else what it means to be an Erlechiyid. And that's not how it's supposed to be. I saw a beautiful idea. I forget where I saw I forgot which safer I saw this in. It's incest. Incest is usher in the Torah. Okay? You're not allowed to marry... Siblings not allowed to marry each other. You have to marry out of your family. Not even is it usher. The Rebbeinu made the world that it's not safe. It's not safe. It's not. A, it's it. The, the kids could come out with big issues uh, physically when you marry somebody too close to you. But doesn't it make more sense that these types of marriages should be the best marriages? Why is why is incest usher? A brother marrying a sister. What's the problem? What's the problem? You guys know each other very well. You know exactly what you're dealing with. You come from the same families. You have the same upbringing. You think the Shalom Bayi should be Gavaldic? No? Why did the Baruch say it's usher for siblings to, and, and close family members to marry each other? I saw on a safer, I forgot where, that the Baruch personally, uh, purposely made it that no family is able to stay within itself. You have to branch out and marry with other families in Klal Yisrael. Every Klal Yisrael is meant to be tzazamen. We're meant to marry with each other, to be together, to share our greatnesses, to share our weaknesses, that everything should come together. Torah doesn't come automatically to a family. Why not? Kadesh is God of the You don't own the tzibor. Everybody's got equal access to Torah. Because they're going to control the Tzibor. They're going to call people donkeys, which means they're going to start looking down on people if it's given to a specific, and they're going to get a little arrogant with it. Because they are not mevarich sometimes children of Tibi Dechamim do not say Birchas first. Now, what does it mean they don't make bruchas? Of course, they say bruchas As we're about to see, one of the uh, one of the issues that Klai saw we're having at the time of the Chorban is that we didn't make a, we weren't like bruchas b'tayra tchila. It's a lot of raid on this, a lot of tire on this. But ultimately, the what it means like bruchas is when something comes so natural, you start losing chashivas and importance for it. 
I saw uh, recently that you learn a lot about a person by the brachos that they give. Somebody gives a bracha. What comes out of their mouth? What do they say? So if a person is machshiv Torah, it doesn't matter how they spend their days. They say, oh, you should be a Talmud Chacham, you should enjoy your learning, you should be an Eved Hashem, you should be a Yari Hashem. You understand these things, right? So that's what it means, when you give a bracha to somebody, you're mentioning Torah first. That's how you show chashivas to Torah, you show importance to Torah. So what can happen is, when something, when you're a child of a Talmud Chacham, and things come as part of the, uh, just the family dynamic, and then ultimately it becomes lost, because the only way to be Matziach and Torah is if you're machshiv, if you respect what you're getting involved with. They weren't able to explain it. Because they forsaken my Torah. Now they didn't forsake the Torah. They were learning Torah. What's the idea here? What does it mean they didn't follow it? They were a machshivit. They didn't respect it. And leberchu ba'tayra tchila, Torah was not of ultimate, they didn't show that the Torah was of the ultimate importance to them. The primacy of Torah. Okay. The son of Yehuda didn't come to Rabbi Yaisi's yeshiva for three days. So he was enrolled in yeshiva. He didn't show up to Shir. So Rabbi Yaisi's son, Vardimus, met Isi. And he says to him, What's the reason that my master has not come, Lebe Medrasha, to the base Medrash? The Abba of my father, for these three days. So Isi said to him, When your father gives a reason, I don't know where he's coming from. Your father says things and it bothers me where he's coming from when he says those things. And therefore I haven't come in three days to Yeshiva. He's being, he's being authentic in his response. He's being open and honest over here. So, Amarlei, so, Rabbi son, Vardimus, said to Isi, What did my father say that bothers you where he's coming from? Duma, maybe, Yodana, I know, time his reason. Amarlei, as he said to him, It's from the following b'risa that bothers me. Rabbi Yaisi, Yaisi, Kvisosan, when you have a city, there's a fascinating halacha, and you have a city, that, and there's not enough water to have for that city and all the cities around it, how much water is a city obligated to share with its surrounding cities in order for those surrounding cities to survive? So we know that your life comes first. You've got to make sure people in that city have water first. If you have any water past that, you... Um, you, you share with everybody else. What about taking care of your hygiene? Remember, we were learning earlier in the Gemara that if you don't take care of your hygiene, it's detrimental to everybody's health. So you got to clean your clothes. You got to wash your bodies. So the Brisa says, Rabbi Yaisi says, a sit, the, the city that has water, even before sharing with the surrounding cities to be able to drink, 
has to take care of their hygiene and do their laundry too. So he says, this bothers me. This, you do your laundry before somebody else has water to drink? Mazeh, what's going on? Amar he said, Krum and Olon, where's the sores? When it comes to the cities of Levim, we know there's open areas outside the Are Miklot, these cities of refuge. What was the purpose of these areas? It was Levahemtam for their animals, my Chayosam and their Chayosam. What is Michayosam? Either Machayah means a wild animal. It could have been included Behemtam. Very often the word Behema, we understand, includes Chayah. Elamai, rather going to tell me, Chayosam, Chiyusam, Mamish, it means to actually live. Pshita, of course, uh, you, you need these areas to live. That's Pashit, Elalav, Kvisa. Rather, what it means is that these areas were there for them to be able to do their laundry, and we're calling it life. Because if you don't do your laundry and take care of your hygiene, there's going to be a lot of tsar pain that comes along with uh, that comes along with it, and therefore uh, they're obligated to make sure that not only do they have water, but they also have their cleanliness, their clothing, and their hygiene taken care of. Om Rabbi Yaisi said in our Mishnah, The examples that we gave in our Mishnah of what's considered affliction, all right, um, uh, not taking a bath, he says, that's not in a nefesh. That's the question, searching for information. The Rabbi Yaisi, according to Rabbi Yaisi, He says, it's not considered in nefesh when it comes to her making a vow that she's not going to bathe and not, and not adorn her body. But what about Dvarim Shabinoi Libeino? What is the Allah? What's Rabbi opinion when it comes to these uh, these vows that get in the way of their relationship? He did the same thing about that. So we have a, we're curious. We have a curiosity question. So Mark tries to prove Rabbi opinion, Tashma, come and listen. Now remember how we started out the Gemara. The difference between Inu Nefesh and Dvarim Shabinoi Libeino is that Dvarim Shabinoi Libeino is very limited to specific situations. Inu Nefesh is broader. So Amr Abiyasi Raisi says, Ain Elu Nidre Inu Nefesh, these are not considered Nidarim of Inu Nefesh. These bathing and and uh, and uh, making herself all nice. Rather, they're considered Dvarim Shabinoi Leve Na. Okay? So what he's saying is they could be removed. Dvarim Shabinoi Na could be removed. Says the Gemara, who says? That's just an inference, it's an assumption. Doma Maybe I see was going only, not saying his own opinion. Maybe he's going in the rabbi's opinion. Meaning, says basically, according to my opinion, when it comes to washing her body and getting all dressed up, that's not considered. But according to you, Damrisu, you say that taking a bath is considered inu nefesh. You should at least admit to me Maybe not taking a bath But at least admit That this is not considered On herself So my What's the Allah What Taka is Rabbi Yaisi's opinion If a husband or father Is allowed to remove We're back to our question So Rabbi Barava says Rabbi Yaisi is going to hold You could remove Vows That get in the way of their relationship Ravuna says you are not allowed to remove vows that get in the way. You're not allowed to remove a vow of hygiene. Okay? 
Why? So listen to this reason. Top of Amud Beis. You don't find an ox that dies in the own it's in its own hole that it built to house it. Meaning that if a woman doesn't take care of her hygiene per se, the husband and, and wife, even when it comes to as far as intimacy is concerned, they'll figure out a way to be able to be together despite that. And therefore, the, the even if it is Inoy Nefesh, it's not going to be considered Dvarim and therefore, he's not allowed to remove the vow. It's not considered like it even gets in their way when she says, I'm not going to take a bath. The couple will figure out a way around it. Okay. Tanik Vasi we have a price approving Ravada Barava's opinion. That was the first opinion who says that a husband is permitted to remove the Nidarim of bathing. Of when she takes a vow by something that causes her pain to herself, Mayfer, he could remove it. Whether it gets in the way of their relationship between husband and wife, or it gets in the relationship between her or anybody else. A husband, if she makes a vow that gets in the way of her relationship with someone else, a husband could remove that type of vow as well. Shame by him, inu nefesh. But if it's something that doesn't have inu nefesh, then beinoy levena mefer, beinoy levena cherem, einoy mefer. Okay, inu nefesh. Let's get said get ketzas. Let's go. What would that case be? What's the cases we're referring to? Here we go. Amra, she makes a vow. Kainam perisalai. I'm making a vow. No fruits. Does that get in the way of their relationship? No. Does it get in the way of afflicting herself? Yeah. So the halacha is, harezeh yafer. He could remove that vow. Inoy nefesh, you can remove the vow. Next case. Kainam, she makes a vow. My father will never gain from my work. Enoy yafer. Or she tells her husband, your brother ain't never getting from me. Or she says, your father, my brother. I'm not going to help out with putting straw in front of your animals or, or mayim or water in front of your bakar, in front of your cattle. Okay. Allah is He's not allowed to remove the vow. Why? Because is she afflicting herself? No. She just said, I'm not working for your dad. I'm not working for your brother. I'm not working for my dad. She's not afflicting herself. Is she getting in the way of their relationship? No. It shouldn't be. For some people, yeah. But it shouldn't be. Okay. Some people don't have the greatest relationship with their brother-in-law, their father-in-law, their own father. Fine. But the letter hurt your soul and bias. You don't have to do that. Shalai echshail. Shalai echechail. Yeah. Kechail. We're going to call this like, um, I think it's mascara. Right? That women put on their eyes. She says, I'm not going to beautify my eyes. Shalai ekvais. Or I'm not going to put on, I'm not going to put on makeup on my face. Bishalai ashamish mitasi. I'm not going to have relations with you. I'm not having marital relations with you. All these things is, if she says, I'm going to make myself look disgusting, 
I make myself. I don't want to make myself look nice, and I'm not. Invo- I'm not. I'm not going to be involved in, uh, intimately with you. So that's considered dvarim shabinadavina. You could remove that. Shalai atzi alacham If she says, "I'm not going to get your bed ready," now what is this referring to? So it used to be very common. You know, nowadays we have larger homes than they've ever had before. Even our small apartments, what we consider to be a smaller apartment, is larger than the homes they had. And we have housekeeping, and we make up the house, right? So um, we have regular, we keep our beds ready. You make you wake up in the morning, your mother teaches you, make your bed. What they used, what they used to do is, it was common practice for people as a sign of, of love, is they would prepare the bed for sleeping. It's, that's what it means to make up the bed. They would, they, they would show their partner or parent, they would like fluff up the pillows and prepare the blanket. It's a sign of an expression, showing I care for you, okay? It's kind of like setting up a, a bath for somebody, you know? I'm not preparing your bed for you anymore. I'm not gonna get your wine ready. I'm not gonna, you know, uh, you know prepare... Uh, your wine, I'm not going to wash your face, hands, and feet. This was also like preparing a bath. It was an si- extra sign of love. He doesn't need to, he, he's not obligated to remove the vow. Okay. Now, the reason is, because there are times, even though these things generally a husband would do for a wife, there are times where she's not obligated to. And therefore, it's not as, not necessarily can have to consider the should be no levena. He has to remove the vow. You're not allowed to desecrate your word. Chacham's not allowed to be remove his own vow, even if you, in general he's the uh, expert Chacham. Everybody else is going to, when it comes to his own vows, he's got to go to somebody else. And um, now that we said that when she says, I'm not going to look good, I'm not putting on my makeup, I'm not putting on my mascara, that's considered Dvaran Shabbat that's Rabbi Yaisi's opinion, the Katani Mefir Mishun Dvaran Shabbat And the Bryce still sees that he could be Mefir between Dvaran Shabbat period. So what do you see from here? Why do we learn this whole Bryce? It's fascinating Bryce with all these different cases, but ultimately going back to the beginning of our Gemara, we had a Shaila. Our question was, according to Rabbi Yaisi, could a husband remove vows that have to do with washing and adorning herself or not? Is it considered Dvarm Shabinoi Levena? Ravada Barava said he is allowed to remove the vows, and we learned this whole Brisa to prove that Ravada Barava is correct. You see from over here that a husband does have a right. We learned from the Brisa a husband could remove uh, the vows of makeup and adorning herself because it is considered Dvarim Shabinoi Levena. Period. Okay. We have a proof, Gavaldik. Omar Mar, the Tana taught us. We're a little more than halfway down on Pei Aleph, Amur Beis. Vishalayashamishmitasi. She says, I'm making a vow. We are not going to have marital relations. Allah is, Yafir Mishun He revokes the vow. He removes the vow because considered something that's in the way of their relationship. Hey, Dami, what is the case? If you're going to say the case is the Yomra, she said, I'm forbidding you to get any pleasure from having relations with me. 
Why does he need to even remove the vow? She has no right to do that. You cannot make a vow on a pre-existing obligation. She's meshubah to this. This is part of the marriage agreement. When a woman agrees to give herself over at marriage, she's saying, I'm agreeing to have, uh, to have relations. And she can't, ar- she can't, uh, she can't answer him she can't prohibit him from the benefit of something that is pre-existing there. Ella, rather, case has got to be. In other words, we said he's mefir the nether. The Gemara says he doesn't need to remove the vow. It's not a vow. Ella, rather, by meras hanos tashmish She says that the gain from me having pleasure from you is usher. She's not prohibiting him from anything. She's prohibiting herself from having pleasure when, as far as the marriage relations are concerned, from him. So she's not assering anything on him. She's putting the iser on herself. Uchurev Kahana, and it's like the opinion of Kahana. This that a husband removes the vow is the opinion of Kahana. Dam Rav Kahana has no astashmishi alecha kaifel mishamshay. Nothing happened. You have you could have tashmish. Hanos tashmishcha alai. Then you You got to remove the vow. Shein machilin asa adam dabar aserlay. You're not allowed to feed somebody something that's forbidden to them, and that's why. And therefore, we have to remove the vow because otherwise, the husband's going to be uh, is going to be forbidden. So, for example, if let's say I say uh, I'm never, um, I, I don't want to put the words out of my mouth. So let's go somebody else. Yankul says I'm never drinking grape juice. I make another. It's forbidden for you to pour grape juice into Yankul's mouth. Yankul's one who prohibited it. He's the one who can't drink, but I can't give him that. The problem here, if she says it's forbidden me to benefit from relations, is it's going to impact the husband. Because even though she's putting the prohibition on herself, but by definition, the husband being with her could give her the prohibition. Hence, we're going to say, Yofer, a husband would be obligated to be mefer to remove that vow. Man, Tana Hadutani, who's the Tana of the following Brisa, which says, If there's something that is permitted, but, but there are people who treat it as forbidden. You're not allowed to be moderate when they're around. Yeah, let's say you have a, uh, a whole chevra of people who hold that, um, you know, uh, they say, uh, you know, in America, Chol of Yisrael, Chol of Stam, Ramesh's Psaq and Chol of Stam. This is a group of people, they don't rely on Ramesh's Psaq, and therefore they say anytime there's no Mashkiach, it's, uh, you know, it's not kosher. The halacha is, you're not allowed to purposely eat the chal of stam, that they hold the halacha is a problem. You're not allowed to eat it in front of them in order to get them away from their minog. To get them used to, like, yeah, big deal. If they have a, if they have a stringency, they have a chumrah that they mamish live by, and this is not referring to regular people in our circles of Yibchol Yisrael, okay? I personally try to be makbin al but that's as a chumrah. It's the stringency. We follow Ravish's Psak that it's mutter. We agree it's kosher. Right? But if you want to be strict, you're strict. We're talking about people that they have, they have a custom that the mamish, they stay away. Okay? So you're not allowed to be manig in them a heter. Kedei levalin. If your purpose is to pull them away from their minog. Mishom Shemakot says, Layachal devarai, you're not allowed to desecrate the word. Dabarachal, Layachal devarai. Mikan, the Tamil Chacham, Shein Mefer Nidre Atzmai. Learn from here that the Tamil Chacham is not allowed to remove his own vow. Money, who's the town of that brisa? Rabban Gamliel, he, it's the opinion of Rabban Gamliel. Okay. 
Bomenate Rabba Mir of Nachman Rabba as a Shiloh from a Rachman two lines to the bottom. Tashmish Amitl Rabbanon, let's say you make a nether to not have Tashmish Amitl according, we want to know in the Rabbanon's opinion, is that considered, you know, in Afesh, the Ram Shabira Levina. Interesting Shiloh. She says, no Tashmish for me. No intercourse for me. There's two categories of Nadarim that a husband and, or, and father are allowed to remove, and each one's got its own parameters about when you're allowed to remove it. So when she says no marital relations for me, is she saying some, a statement of afflicting herself? Or is she staying, saying a statement of Devarim, Shebeinoi, Levenot? Now what's the difference? The difference is, as we learned prior, and the Ran here explains, when it's a Devarim, Shebeinoi, Levenot, when he removes the vow, he's only removing it. Let's say they get divorced. Then she's still going to be forbidden to have relations with somebody else. Because if it's all he removes it is as long as they're together. But if it's that he removes, it's gone forever. So if she forbids relate marriage relations and they get divorced and it's the Nefesh department, she could have relations with somebody else. So that is the Shaila that Rava asked from Rav Nachman. Omar Le, Rav Nachman said them to Nisua, we learned in a Mishnah, Unetula Ani Men Hayehudim. If she says that I am separating myself from ever having relations with a Jew, Yofer Chelkai. So the husband could say, Oh, you're usher to have relations with any Jew except for me. He could remove the vow. For him personally. Okay? And, when they have, and, and they can have relations. But she cannot have relations with anybody else. So let's say they now get divorced. She's not allowed to remarry anybody else. The Amrit Nefesh. So then why can't she have relations with anybody else? You see from here that relations are simply... And hence, we're going to challenge this tomorrow, Bez Hashem. Hence, since if she says, I'm forbidding marital relations, she's going to, and he removes it, so they're going to be permitted to have relations, but if they ever get divorced, she's going to be forbidden to have relations with anybody else. Okay, we'll hold it here for today, Bez Hashem, tomorrow. We will restart again two lines from the bottom of Pe'alif Amud Bez with Boy Minei. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.